So people think meditation like de-stresses you or like, you know, makes you zen and shit like that. No, like meditation does not do that. Meditation like shows you shit you need to work on. This episode of Please Blow My Mind is proudly supported by the lovely team at Sunpix Post. Yes. I've got one of the directors here. Is that correct? That's correct. You're yes. like a boss. I am a boss. Well, Poppy's the boss, really. She's kind that. of managing the place. For those just watching, uh, the cutest little dog ever. Oh, <laughs> looked at me on cue. Don't bite me. Uh, for those listening, uh, we're in the Sunpick. I've called it the Sunpix Podcast Studio. Yes. And we are we're we're on this mission to create good conversation. Exactly. Yeah. To acknowledge uh, the kind of traditional media, which is telly and radio, but give it a bit of a revamp into this whole podcast world. Exactly. Of, of you know, like in the past, Dan, um, things cost a lot of money to make. Yeah. Now we can talk for hours. Yes. And I think that's what we're both excited about, right? That's what Sunpix is excited about. Yeah, like. yeah. And the possibilities are endless. Mm. You know, you start one, you talk about one um, topic and you get different guests in and mm. then they have different ideas and it's all about spreading ideas yep. and making, yeah, engaging content really. And um, we should start a, uh, like a conference called TED Talks. TED Talks. And it's just us <laughs> spreading <laughs> ideas. Ideas worth sharing, I think, is their um Yeah, it is. Say, yeah. So anyway, we can rip that off one day uh, just quickly if people want to check out the Sunpix story um, they can jump online they can sunpixpost.co.nz so we're a post-production facility and we basically make content uh, for TV mm. for web and um, we specialize in finishing so color grading and uh, sound mixing uh, podcast recording voiceover recording awesome yeah we try and do a little bit of everything around so here kind of like creative one-stop shop if you need to get yes, your message out there, true. Yeah. come and uh, leave Come the and visit Poppy. She's here. She's an office <laughs> dog, and she will probably bark at you as you walk in. Yay. Yeah. Sunpixpost.co.nz. <laughs> this episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, is brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. Float Culture is Auckland's leading flotation tank centre created for the well-being of the body and mind. When you float with floatculture.co.nz, you'll create meaningful and lasting change with mindfulness and complete physical relaxation. Floating will become an integral part of your busy lifestyle. Float Culture is motivated to ensure that the entire experience achieves maximum relaxation, happiness and relief for you. So if you want to be part of the float culture scene in New Zealand, visit floatculture.co.nz to book your float and blow your mind right now. As a very special offer to you, the Please Blow My Mind listener, you'll get 20% off your next float by using the promo code MINDBLOWING, all one word. Visit floatculture.co.nz and book your float today. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming, welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. How's, how's your memory? Because uh, you've questioned me a couple of times on... Did I, I say that on your last podcast? I have the worst memory in the world. <laughs> like I, 
I don't remember what I write in any of my books. I don't remember what I say in any of my podcasts. Someone posted a screenshot of my first book the other day, and I was like, there is no fucking way I read that. I wrote that. I did not write that. It doesn't sound like me. What do you think that means? You're just always doing stuff. Uh, it you, means you, that I have had too many head injuries. Um, it's, a, it's a serious point. I've had over 20 concussions in my life. Is this um, sports related? Yeah, dumb shit related. I skated a lot. <laughs> I did lots of stunts and just, you know, jackass dumb shit when I was young. Mm. Um, and I've just, I've had too many head injuries. And it uh, affects my memory in, I don't know, weird ways. But yeah, I, I asked my wife, like, I remember nothing. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, hilarious in a scary way because we might go down this podcast thing and then you might have to go back and listen to because no no i've never i've never read any of my books so i've never listened to any of my podcasts ever is that just i say a things tradition? and i move on yeah that, so it's it's half my memory and half my constitution of just like nah <laughs> like whatever's next do you kind of like uh that must be quite nice because i on the other hand go back and listen to it all and edit it and try and do this and try and do that to it I think it would be quite nice to forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember the main stuff though, like wife's birthday and your um, your birthday? And I remember my birthday and my <laughs> wife's birthday, but yeah, a lot a lot of stuff I, I mm. don't. Um, that's good and bad. Yeah, um, it's just just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's the first time I've got the feeling like you know you might want to like uh, curate a little bit, and I'm like, well, I thought part of the magic was Jimmy Hunt's just like you can't contain that. Yeah, and, that, and that's, maybe that's age. That, yeah, but I mean that's You're trying that, to contain the. No, I mean that's just that's just my life. Is like I just I just go and mm-hmm. things happen and things don't happen and whatever's next is next. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm pretty good at living in the moment. Yeah. Like, um, I don't ruminate on really anything that's happened mm-hmm. in my life, um, and the things of significance that have happened in my life, I really. Do try to downplay them because I feel like they're not they're not who I am now. Mm. Like I'm in a real, real fucking hurry to write my third book right. because I have all of this new stuff in my head that people don't have, and they, I guess, they look at me as my other books. And I'm like, no, 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 that stuff's old shit. No, 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 we're, we're, we're way past that now. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, just hurry up and write it. And That's get, pretty get cool, there. though, eh? Like, uh, I sometimes think about the people who are cool at school. Like, that's who they were. That was their identity. I was thinking about it today. Like, I saved a lot of energy. Like, girls didn't really want to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really cool. Or, like, I wasn't smart or good at sports. I was kind of in the middle. Right. So I have a lot of love to give. And I had a, I have a lot of, like... Even physically, my knees have a lot of knee left in them, right? Because I didn't first fifteen them out of this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not Richie McCaw walking around with titanium all in me. And why am I saying that? Well, I think there's something cool about um, being a, a late bloomer. Would you consider yourself a late bloomer? Uh, I'm like, a, were you Jim, this Jimmy Hunt when you were like sixteen, seventeen? Uh, yes and no. I'm a I was a weird, weird bloomer. Like, I was very good at sports. Um, no one who knows me now yeah. would understand that. Yeah. What sport? Um, I played tennis, hockey, and golf for North Harbour. Right. Um, and I played uh, cricket, squash, 
in my uh, first teams. He just uh, had talent. Yeah, I, I like coordination. Basi- basically, my hand-eye coordination is yeah. fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, and so sports was just something that I that I really really did a lot of and uh, enjoyed at the time and um, thought that that might have been where my life went. Um, no, I didn't know it, that. Then, then it didn't. People wouldn't know that about you. No, eh? no, no, no. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't really. Don't really talk about it. No, I guess. no, no, no but it's that's just, not. just that's. I was thinking about you today. You know, like that onion. You know, it's like there's different layers to everyone, and I'm getting schooled a lot on the podcast. The more I talk to people about, stop putting me in a box, and I put you in a box. Yeah. You know, I think Jimmy Hunt. I think I think extravagant physical things so that it can take our mind off the hard stuff. Yeah, I think someone who's working at. Um, creating a barrier so that is mentally physically strong so yeah, to, I mean, to, to I, offer that. I think uh, I got no problem with you putting me in a box mm. the problem starts when I put myself in a box right and so I don't do that mm. um uh, like identity that's a you know, massive massive subject that um I'm interested in and um like you know who who are we yeah. um yeah. so so many of us decide to label ourselves yep. and and then we become that label mm. and i mean that's something i talk about a lot in terms of mental health uh people who uh end up uh with the identity of depression or anxiety um when they are not those things, those are things that may currently be happening to them. Right. But when you end up in that, you become a prisoner of that identity and then you have a negative uh, feedback loop that keeps you in that identity because it's easier to stay in an identity than to force a new one. Mm. Um, and we end up with this massive victim mentality around that, like yeah. this is who I am. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, You were saying that you were trying to give up smoking. And um, this book that I read recently that I highly, highly recommend um, deals a lot with identity, and it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, And simply one of the things in the uh, paragraph, he talks about smoking, and he says, you know, uh, let's say you're giving up smoking and you're out at a bar and someone offers you a cigarette. You know, quite often most people will say, "Um, oh, no thanks, I'm, I'm giving up. And that's a perfectly valid response. Mm. Good, they turn they turn that down. Um, but what they are doing is saying that their identity is still a smoker, but they are trying to give up. Mm. Whereas if someone offers you a cigarette at the bar and you say, no thanks, I don't smoke. That is the new identity that you are creating. Right. So I am not a smoker. And then everything, all the habits and everything fall off the back of that. And so identity identity gets formed by um, like all of the other habits around it, and but it can also be formed by making a decision to then have those habits create that identity. Is that a layer back from, you know, we talk about mental health in this country at the moment as something that needs to be fixed and needs to be worked on. When you're talking about that identity, is that kind of – is that before you get to something like mental health? This is like the formation of kind of who you are, the habits you are. And, you know, because it's just like we talk – mental health is something that – it's like love to me in the sense that I know kind of what it means, but I don't when I try and break it down. Yeah. And I think that's that's the big problem. And 
in September, I'm launching a whole campaign based around exactly that. Um, but, you know, to sum it up quickly here is that, um, you know, we talk about um, about mental health, but when we say the words mental health, what we really mean um, through the um, societal constructs is mental illness. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about people who are not mentally well um, or in a period of mental unwellness. Um, and that's, that's what we say mental health is. Now, we've got to start understanding mental health, not an on-off switch, you're mentally uh, unwell, you're mentally well. No, mm. it's a continuum. We've talked about this here before. You know, It runs from zero being dead to 100 being godlike enlightenment. Every single one of us at all times is somewhere on that continuum. Mm. And so we need to start changing the way that we think about it um, from a societal perspective. Um, and so, you know, we've done it very well with physical health, right? Um, uh, like going to any gym and you'll see people whose identity is based around looking good. Yeah. Um, and we've glorified it and we've put every piece of society around that in order to, to make sure that that is the case. We need to start making a movement towards the glorification of mental wellness mm. and the identity of I am a person that looks after myself in the head. When you become a person that looks after yourself in the head, then other stuff starts falling into place. So it's like, well, if I am that type of person, my behavior needs to mirror that. So if you say I am a reader, and then you don't read anything, but you hold that as your identity, then you have this disconnect, and so you either have to drop that identity or start fucking reading. <laughs> um, and so the same with same with mentally well. If like you create that identity, you can either <laughs> drop that and just go back to being uh, a, a normal usually broken person mm. or you can go right this is my identity and so a person who identifies as that uh gets outside in the sun and walks for 30 minutes a day meditates every day journals every day uh hangs out with people that help them and talk openly and honestly and lifts them up you know all of those things start falling off the back of of their identity mm. um so What's the issue with our identity now? Are we is it is it fear based? Is it is it going? Is it is it too much about what others are others are making? It you know too many people putting us in boxes and not enough enough of like it, I get the feeling it doesn't matter how much I put you in a box. It only you would only think well it only matters what box I put myself in or what box I don't sit in. Yeah, but I had to get myself to a place where that was the case, and that's not inbuilt. So no, obviously it's not. No, because um, like, I mean, as as big and as you know, cliche as this sounds, um, our society is just fucking broken, mm. right? Um, so yes, it's inbuilt. Um, from you know the age of one, two, three, four, we are 
beautiful, innocent, full of love beings that can do anything that can can play and can draw and can love and can do all of these things. Great. And then we put them in this industrialized education system that that rips all that away. Um, we uh, make them aware to a society that um, you know puts consumerism first um you know basically our society is is filled with the term you know junk values um i was talking to a friend today about um the difference between mexico and america and um you know all you know the south americans and mexicans trying to get into america for a better life Mm. and so and the answer is you know is is america a better life well, like, no, no. I mean, Amer- America is just um, the better life that we've been sold through consumerism. And, you know, being able to, to you know, sustain your family, live off the land and chill out and have a relaxing life in Mexico is, uh, I think, way more... Uh, um, holistically better for everybody yeah. um, than, than buying into that consumerism values. Is but New Zealand not like that? Because that's the feeling we give when we sell the 100% pure, when we relate New Zealand to The Hobbit or something like that. That It's what you're describing, you know, that kind of... Yeah, we're a first world country that's full of drunk values. Like we're as broken as as any other country. Mm. Um, and, you know, I mean, when you start looking at the statistics, I mean, you take straight... Um, you know, depression and anxiety statistics from, you know, first world countries versus developing countries. First world countries have ridiculously higher rates of depression and anxiety. Mm. You know, that, that's for a reason, like, because our society is sick. Um, and so, you know, I mean, what's what do you want to do with that? Yeah, well, that's the thing I say about everything. What are we supposed to do? I was cleaning my car today and I was thinking there's there's easier ways for me to do this. There's a car wash. There's people who can clean my car and buff it up. But it's the first time I've cleaned my car in a decade. (laughs) And my problem with this is that, is it that outsourcing that contributes to our unhappiness? Is it the the fact that, because I was puffed after it, right? And I'm Mm. getting over the flu and I was thinking, man, I'm sweating and I'm breathing and I'm moving. And I was thinking about how many squats I was doing and how many Daniel sons, you know, the left and right scrubbing the car. And I I thought to myself, maybe... Maybe that's why we're all so bloody freaked out is because we're outsourcing too much. You know, we outsource our our pen writing now for the phone, and that has so many awesome things. I mean, it's not so much about the outsourcing; it's about priorities. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, one of the simplest you know economic things in that is like, you know, do I clean my house myself, and it takes me an hour, or do I hire a cleaner? Uh, which may cost twenty dollars for yeah. the hour. Yeah. Um, what do I prioritize? And so, if I work in a job that makes a hundred dollars an hour, then I am silly from a productivity standpoint right. to um, spend an hour doing something I could have paid someone twenty dollars, where I could have spent that hour working and made a hundred dollars. Mm. And because we are so, you know, focused on you know basically more like this i mean this is what it really all comes down to we are sold that more is the answer to everything and 
If you actually talk to anyone who's been through anything, you'll find out that that is that is not the truth. But there is billions of dollars of of marketing and industrial complex around making sure that myth stays true. Um, whereas, you know, the uh, the mental health aspects of cleaning your own house, you know, there um, there's plenty there's plenty in there. The, mm. the mental health aspects of of you know the the pride and the, of cleaning your own car you know is is considerable um and so the question is where are our priorities lying mm. um but with the i was going to say before um with the first world is that basically all the all the studies and all the numbers show that um not only do first world countries have uh, more uh, mental illness rates than than developing countries, but the further inequality changes, the higher the correlation to mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you see all around the the Western world um, inequality almost getting to revolution proportions where. The ninety nine percent are like this is fucked, um, but some, something has to change, um, and obviously you know the one percent don't want it to change, um, and the ninety nine percent are finally sort of, you know, unfortunately it's going to get to a you know revolution standpoint, um, you know, I mean on top of that, I was talking uh, post apocalyptic scenarios the other day, um, as you do, yeah, um, you know what if the the plague killed half the population um what if a electromagnetic pulse a solar flare knocked out all our satellites you know um there's obviously going to be a period of uh confusion and fear and craziness um but does it all settle back down again to a a simpler and happier life fuck i don't know (laughs) quite possibly i like that (laughs) those conversations they have to end with i don't know yeah, we're just making shit up. Yeah, we're just making shit up. Are you still living in Mexico? I live 10 months of the year in Mexico. Yep. I live a much simpler life yeah. than, than a lot of people, yeah. Um, this is by design? Of course. And this, this is, is to get out of that industrial complex? Of course, yeah. I mean, like, what we forget is that every single thing at all times is a choice. Mm. Um, we feel like we we get pushed into choices, but the the choices are always there. Um, you know, I think we've talked about this before as well. But I mean, it's very you know, kind of kind of a simple thing for me in terms of you know people like oh my god that's the dream if I if I work really hard and I save all my money then I can move to Mexico um, and and retire there. Um, like I earn less money than fucking all of you people. Like I do. Um, and I just choose to spend it in a different way. Um, I, I I choose to, to to spend it in a country where I where I get more uh, bang for my buck. Um, I think about that all the time. But yeah, you've told me that before. I thought about it today. I thought about. I was like, hmm. I, th- I ran the simulation in my head where you like, hey, how much would it cost to make a video for me? And I said, oh, I'll I'll put you onto one of these interns that I teach. Because I'm probably too expensive, and then I'm like, "Why am I so expensive?" Well, it's to feed the stuff that I've got going on. Yeah, absolutely. It just and this is the problem: is that we've created a society that is just a, yeah. a, a never-ending um, upward yeah. um, march until it breaks. Mm. 
um, you know, like I mean, I'm not the person to talk to, but if you if you you know if you look into the economic model and you know basically you know Western consumerism, like it has to break. It is the it is not sustainable, uh, and it has to break at some time. How how it breaks is is the question. When you're looking out and about, who's doing things and taking things in? Because that's part of the beauty of podcasts, right? We get to share these ideas. There's different people listening at different times and and doing all of that kind of stuff. When you are doing your own learning, who's who's exciting you? Well, the two books that I've read uh, recently, one mm. I've already mentioned, which is Atomic Habits by James Clear, mm. um, that excites me. Um, not a book that I was expecting to excite me, um, but completely changed the way that I saw identity and changed the way that I saw how to create that. And I read that specifically because I have a program. Uh, it's free. It's on my website called the Basic Reset Program. And... Uh, my, I, I call myself a mental health change maker, um, basically because I got I, I get sick of um, motivational speakers mm. who rah rah rah, but fundamentally create zero change in the people that that <laughs> listen. Right. Yep. And so I went right. Well, I, I don't want to be that. And so I'm a mental health not advocate, not speaker, not. Whatever I'm a mental health change maker, so so how can I create more change? And I I developed a whole thing around that, and then uh, I read this book to try and help create more change. And uh, definitely, that was a um, it was a, it was a really eye opener around around creating change and habits. So that's definitely worth a look. Um, and the other person um, has had a lot of press in the last twelve months uh, is a guy called Johan Hardy, who wrote a book uh, called Lost Connections. Um, he's a journalist. Um, I am not a journalist, and so he wrote like pretty much the the best book ever on depression and mental health. Right. Um, and he did it in a way that I could never ever do because he did research and shit. <laughs> um, and um, he he just pulled out like half of. I, I mean, I read it like. That's a study that I talk about. That's a study that I talk about. But he put it all together yeah. so brilliantly to to understand, like, why society is sick. Um, that if you have low mental health, if you're not mentally well, like, it's not your fault. Like, it's really, it's really not your fault. Um, you know, everything is conspiring against you, um, from society through to you know trauma. Um, it's uh, but off the back of that, this is something that I say in my talks quite a lot, um, and it's probably the most important thing that I say. Uh, and I stole it off an Instagram meme, um, <laughs> and it's this: uh, your trauma is probably not your fault, but your healing is a hundred percent your responsibility. Right. Um, and I, I I repeat it because it's so important. Your trauma is probably not your fault. Like shit happens to you, right? Like life happens. Bad people happen. Bad things happen. Your trauma is probably not your fault. Same with society. Society is not your fault. The way that it's got to this place, not your fault. Mm. But your healing 
Your health is 100% your responsibility and no one else's. You're not even statistically likely to get an apology from uh, the person that caused your trauma, let alone have them heal it for you, just like society is not going to suddenly go, oh, you, I'm going to help you. Mm. It doesn't work that way. We have to understand that we get put in these positions and that's just life. And then we have to make sure we put everything in place to make sure we can look after ourselves and move ourselves up that continuum. Mm. And that's individual sport. Like you got to. Oh, it's, it's, it's absolute, like it's an absolutely individual sport with no teammates, but it is also a um, individual sport where you should be getting the best coaching around Mm. Um, and uh, the people that you are competing against are actually just the friendliest, nicest people, and they want to help you out too. Um, so it really is like the gym. Yeah, yeah, because it's exactly like that. You need to work on your biceps. Someone needs to work on their calves. Yep. But there's a communication. There, we'll share the machine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell! What are we to do? What are we to do? I sometimes think about this. In no, this it's podcast. real simple. What? <laughs> Fix yourself. Yeah. Like, there's no other answer to it. Um, you know, we, we always think, um, like bigger than ourselves. Like I need to change the fucking world. You know, if it was Gandhi or someone said, you know, you change the world by changing yourself. Um, yeah. poorly paraphrased, but it was probably him. <laughs> but you know, like this is the thing is that, you know, this, this, this woman, um, emailed me the other day. Fuck it made me cry. It was sad. She sent me this thing, um, saying, um, that she's worried about her 14 year old son. Um, he, um, was Googling uh, how to kill himself. Um, you're a parent. You imagine yep. imagine finding that yeah. in, the, in the history of your computer. Um, and then she also found that he'd Googled Jimmy Hunt. And so that's how she found me. And she's like, what do I do? Like she wrote, wrote the whole what's going on. But she's, you know, basically – what the fuck do I do? I've got no idea. Mm. Um, I wrote a big reply, and I'd say two-thirds of that reply was directed at her and what she has to do, not what her son has to do. Mm. It was a third about what 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 he can do. But um, I get this from parents all the time when, you know, how, how can I help my kid? Like, fucking, you can't help yourself, motherfucker. Like, you know, when we talk about a continuum, like, you know, if you if you and your husband are at forty on the on the continuum, like you haven't learned how to help yourself. How are you going to help your kids? I mean, it's 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 kind of the same cycle as family violence or sexual abuse or anything like that. Like poor mental health is a cycle, mm. and until you break the cycle by improving your mental health, learn like like you can't. Like you can't teach your kid tennis unless you know how to play fucking tennis, right? Mm. Um, and so, like, people have got to start putting themselves first. When you put yourself first, when you move yourself up that mental health continuum, then um, you just start having this little circle of influence. You know, a mum who really started making a decision to look after herself, husband hasn't wanted to do it ever. But he sees himself getting angrier and yet she's staying calm and being happier than ever before. Mm. And he's finally like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you so calm in this? What are you? And she's like, well, I've been doing this. 
you should probably have a look into it. And he's like, oh, shit, okay. Mm. You know, the kid starts coming home from school sad and angry. She's like, cool, and this is what I do. And so she has the circle of influence on her family, and then that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, the kid, the kids at school um, being bullied, and he acts calm and beautiful and, um, you know, does all the right things, uh, understanding that the other kid's hurt, doesn't take the shit, but, you know, deals with it properly. Like, and all the other kids around, like, holy shit, how did you do that? Mm. Like, both, I'm going to teach you that my, what my mum taught me. That's how you change the fucking world. Yeah. You said to me, uh, must have been a good five, six years ago, I was telling you about podcasting and I'm doing- this is, my, this is my fourth time on your podcast. Yeah. Um, I was uh, actually having a look at all your guests. Yeah. Uh, I needed to come in today to beat fucking Grant Schofield because uh, <laughs> we've both been on three times. No, no, so, you, you, you win. Uh, so, so now I'm on fourth. Well, and also it's like you win in length too because it's like- you <laughs> I'm catching up with Grant on Wednesday, so- Oh, really? Say good day. Eat some fat with him. Um, what are you doing for diet? Speaking of Grant Schofield and the fat professor. Um, much like you quit smoking, mm. I quit sugar. Mm. Um, that was a big thing. Um, I now have, I'm allowed sugar on Saturdays. Um, so I'm not depriving myself of stuff that I like that mm. tastes nice. Um, and yeah, I still like some juices and fruits and stuff. Like not fucking stupid stuff, but... Um, I was a, a candy fiend uh, and it, it wasn't who I wanted to be and it wasn't good for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm still uh, kind of on the intermittent fasting buzz. Um, that's what I'm going to talk to Grant about fasting. Right. Um, when I go back, I'm going to do a seven day fast Boom. Um, because I don't know. I've never done it before. Well, this be, is be this interesting. Is all of your research is for your continuum, right? Like to get yeah. you further, because that's what yeah. we've talked about. Absolutely, when we've caught up. So zero to a hundred. Can you roughly say where you are? Yeah, today? like eighty, maybe. Right. Um, and the goal is to like transcend, eh? get that. Yeah, get that it was the, it was see the, what happens. It was the title of our of our last podcast, yeah. Unfuckwithable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so get me to a point when just absolutely nothing can fuck with you. Um, I mean, like the continuum is subjective. Um, I might say eighty. Mm. Um, someone else might be in the same position and say ninety or mm. seventy. Mm. It doesn't matter. Um, the point is, um, I'm looking for points every day. Yeah. Um, you know, fasting for seven days might give me a point or two. Who knows? Mm. Um, but it's worth. That this, this is this is the mindset you see. Yeah. This is the identity. I am a person that looks yeah. after my mental health, and so therefore I'm always looking for anything that'll get me a point or two. Mm. And then guess what? Shit turns up that gets me a point or two and win. Is one of those things. Let's go there. Mushrooms, <laughs> because last time we caught up, you hadn't gone back to Mexico and you were right. thinking about dabbling in that. You kind of told me on that podcast you hadn't done anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I've never done any drugs in my life. I never, mm. um, I, I'm sober. I, I don't drink. Yep. I've never drunk. Yep. Um, I've never smoked. I'm just a weirdo like that. Like well, that not, makes sense with the sports stuff too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I didn't know that. I yeah, just it was you. just, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. It became part of my identity mm. when, I was, when I was young, I guess, but it was never from an altruistic point of view. It was never a fuck anyone else. I owned and ran bars for 10 years. Mm. Like, <laughs> I was all about getting people drunk. I just didn't <laughs> happen to drink myself. Um, uh, yeah, and th this was part of that memory thing. I have no recollection of talking about that on the last podcast at all. Yeah, because um, when I said it to you, your eyes like, lit up oh, like, like how do you surprised. know? Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, hundreds of people know. Right, and so, well, so this is the thing is that 
that um, you know there are all sorts of new studies around um, psilocybin, MDMA, ketamine, uh, LSD um, in terms of mental health. Um, and so a lot of most of those studies are around microdosing, um, which is um, which is all well and good. Um, but there are also studies around things like ibogaine, um, ayahuasca, mushrooms, LSD, in terms of uh, creating what they Terence McKenna I think coined the religious experience, mm. which um, gives people a sense of oneness and connectivity and can, you know, has massive results in, um, you know, fixing addiction, fixing, you know, all sorts, all sorts of trauma, things like that. Mm. So genuinely interested in it, um, but just not part of who I am. Mm. I had lots of, um, uh, science. Well, I think I probably would have said lots of lots of things pointing towards the fact that I should do mushrooms. Uh, pretty much the mushroom capital of the world. Turns out it's like three hours from my house in Mexico. Um, and so I was like, wow. Shit. What's legal there? Or well, so it's not legal. Um, but it's like because it is actually like historical. Right. Um, you're no cops. Yeah, will do it. It's like. As long as you got the bottle of booze and the paper bag, we're not going to do anything. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, they they just they just you know let it be up yeah. there. You're not going to get um, in trouble for talking about any other say. From okay. who? Yeah, Fucking. True. I do nothing for anybody anytime. Okay, sweet. Eh. No, it's something I'll um, talk about with you later. Like yeah, you you're so okay talking about stuff. I don't see that trait in many people. So it encourages people to ask you more and more and more. Yeah, yeah was, I've, got, I've got nothing to hide anyway. Yeah, yeah it's um, pretty gangster. And so uh, I went up into the hills. Um, well, actually, so before that, and, and you've had, I think you had, you had her on um, t -t 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 on your My Kiwi Life podcast, yep. um, the woman that I credit with uh, the most significant change in my entire life, yes. and I, I continue to see her to this day, yep. uh, a lady called Sally Caldwell. That's the one. Um, and I'll call her my spiritual mentor. Yep. And um, and I went, because uh, my wife said, are you going to tell Sally you're going to do this? I'm like, uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And so I went and told her and she just laughed at me and she said, um, Yo, you don't need it. And I was like, um, okay. I still really feel like I, think, oh, I should do it. She's like, I won't do anything for you. Like, you don't need it. Like, just sit and go inwards and you'll get all the answers you need. Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I went to Mexico. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go do mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, went up into the hills. And um, met uh, like pretty much everywhere in this this t this town is like is like it's above the clouds. It is it wow. is insane. It's freezing. I live in I live in the southern Mexico where it is like I I own like twelve pairs of board shorts and then like nothing else. <laughs> um, I had to borrow a jumper and a jacket to go up into the hills. It's only three hours behind, but it is high, wow. and um, just basically every place in town sells mushrooms. And so I went and we found this guy and um, he's like, what are you looking for? Um, you just want a you know, fun, nice trip or do you want um, you know, like a you know, 
big religious experience. I'm like, fucking give me the big one, <laughs> motherfucker. Upsize uh, my yeah, combo. Up, absolutely. <laughs> and he's like, oh, then you're looking for this one. Wow. It is called the master. Oh. Uh, so he's like, if you're looking to to learn, if you're looking to, to, to find stuff, like this is what you want, not these other little ones that, you know, give you a good, a good trip. It's like, cool, I'm in. Now, um, so I buy, I buy it. It costs like 10 bucks. Um, and um, so I go back to our, our house and um, uh, I downloaded a playlist on Spotify from Johns Hopkins University yep. has a mushroom playlist. Yeah. Like legitimate, like, like songs to like – give you the best chance of having a religious experience. Wow. Now, um, you can take mushrooms all sorts of ways. Um, one of the best ways is tea. Um, uh, on top of my weirdness, I don't drink hot drinks. I hate them. It was the first cup of tea I'd ever had in my entire life. And my wife had to make it with peppermint and honey to, to, <laughs> to be palatable for me. <laughs> and um, so – I, I I dropped it all. Um, I sat there, put on the playlist, lay down, and just was like ready. Like I was just finally ready. My wife had a WhatsApp group um, of people who were like needing play by play because it was the first time Jimmy was ever going to have wow. any you know have, do this. Um, and uh, four hours later, I'm like nothing happening. Like uh, was that something? No, nah, maybe not. And then um, I was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go eat the other half. <laughs> um, so I went in, and I was like, I'm not making tea again. So I chopped it up and then just ate, ate the other half of this, um, this giant tea. mushroom. <laughs> and I'm like, right, this time. Yeah. And I lay down nothing. Um, and so disappointed, uh, came down out of the hills, um, went back to Puerto and went, must have got, must have got a dud. Um, yeah. Um, although everyone else up there was having a damn good time. Um, I was like, must, must have got a dud. And, you know, my wife said, Sally told you nothing would happen. Mm. Um, and so I went, oh yeah. Then we went around to our friend's place for dinner and, um, told him the story and he's like, oh, you're such a dick. Like, don't go up there without telling me. Like my family is like best friends with the like the original shaman family up mm. there like i've got all the hookups you overpaid uh you know that ten dollars was too much um <laughs> uh, like yeah hit me up if you want to do it again i'm like well yeah i mean maybe i just got unlucky and he's like i said can you get me some and he's like like i've got a batch here <laughs> yeah. um and like we just had the best time ever like four days ago um on this like take these guarantee absolutely awesome and so i took them home um sat down with my wife and um chopped them up and just ate the whole, ate ate all of it <laughs> lay down and went right I'm ready to go we're doing it four hours later i'm still sitting on the bed just having meditated for four hours really? with, with with nothing nothing um i came home and told sally about it and she just laughed at me and she's just like i told you that you are past that like the mushrooms have nothing to teach you wow like the mushrooms are uh, absolutely like she recommends them for 
um, people starting off their journey and everything to understand the oneness, understand the connectedness, understand that we're all part of something bigger, you know, have all of these sort of things. And But uh, I guess I just swapped mushrooms for now seven years of like dedicated internal work. Um, and so, you know, I have these... <laughs> things is that really the story nothing happened nothing happened jimmy i didn't i thought you were gonna tell me that you met the maker the master wow yeah no and like and like these these i mean uh, that's why i had to take them a second time like Mm. just in case i got a dud the first time and you know these second second lots were from a batch where everyone had Mm. the best time um and so that just happens to be the the way it's, it is. Have you heard of that ever happening? To well, us? I mean, I'll look this shit up. Um, yeah. I'm curious. Um, you know, like, like 3% of the population um, have um, a, you know, a tolerance to psilocybin. Um, so I could be one of the 3%. Mm. Um, but I tend to believe um, what Sally tells me. Um, and that like, I've, I've just, I've done the work of the mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that say, you know, like everybody should should do a hallucinogen at least once in their life, so that they understand, mm. you know, that connectedness, that oneness. Mm. Um, I found that through other means, so I guess that that wasn't that wasn't for me. And so, when someone would come to you, i.e., me, and say, "Do you think it should be part of my journey?" Would you say, like, as you sit here today, would you say, "Just do do the work yourself"? Um, yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, uh, we are a, uh, a society of quick fixes. Yeah. Um, we are people looking for the pill that will fix everything. Um, and what's interesting, I think, about, um, about hallucinogens, um, which is the same as with meditation, is that they are actually simply there to show you things. So people think meditation like de-stresses you or like, you know, makes you zen and shit like that. No, like meditation does not do that. Meditation like shows you shit you need to work on. Then you have to go do the work. Yeah. Same with mushrooms. Like if you if you can't if you can't sit and see stuff, like it's kind of like meditation, hallucinogens. I guess they give you a a mental picture of what is possible. And then return you back to earth. Mm. And then you say, you can have that if you want. You just got to do the work. And so they are they are no substitute. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I guess I'm not supposed to say everyone should go out and do uh, hallucinogens. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's just circum circumstantial. I mean, yeah. and the same thing is that you know, like you talk to a lot of people who did mushrooms when they were eighteen and stuff like that. Like they weren't like the, it's all about intent. Like if you, so this is where hallucinogens are slightly different to things like um, you know alcohol, mm. you know cocaine, you know things like that. Those are products of escapism. These are these are things that people are looking to es- use to escape. Um, 
your 18-year-olds doing mushrooms, same thing. Mm. They're using them to escape. And there's a very big difference between using them to connect mm. and to go inwards. And if you look at any of the studies from the 60s, 70s um, with psychedelics and hallucinogens, they were all introspective studies, not the other way around. Is anyone in your family like you? No. <laughs> what do they well, think when they sit down to... Sunday lunch. My little sister's a bit like me, but not really. <laughs> do, you, um, do you think there's a reason you are like how you are? Like um, someone so invested in essentially going out there and researching, you know, uh, a way to live, a way to tolerate the world. Well, so one of you know my biggest understandings is where change comes from. Mm. Change comes from one place and 99% of the time, and that's discomfort. Yep. And so I happened to get myself into so much discomfort that there was two options. Mm. Check the fuck out, mm. um, which was uh, a very, very solid option for me, um, or get better. Um, and so once I ended up getting better enough for checking out to not be an option anymore, then there really was only one option. It's like, you know, well, there's two options. Stay where you are or get better. Mm. And so it's like I just keep choosing get better. Um, and that comes from doing the work, internal work, going inside. Um, and it also comes from, um, you know, just a desire to grow. Mm. And what's what's next for the growth? Like – um, is it? Can you even label that kind of stuff, or is it just continuing to live and seeing things as they appear? I mean, it's the it's the it's the one percent. Yeah. Um, so, and this this comes from James Clear as well, which is just such a brilliant piece of math. Um, I'm starting a I'm starting a club. Uh, it's called the One Percent Club. So, um, it's not a cult, eh? Ah, maybe. I, I want to join knows? your cult. Um, <laughs> so, like the one the One Percent Club. Um, is, is people looking because this is part of identity right so so if if you decide to have an identity of something the the easiest and fastest way to become that identity is to surround yourself with people who are also identify like that mm. now if you identify as an athlete and you hang around with drunk layabouts, then it's much, much, much harder for you to 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 be part of that identity. Um, so the one percent math goes like this: if you are simply trying to be one percent better every day, then after three hundred sixty-five days, you are thirty-seven point two times different. Like it's compound interest. We don't get taught that shit in school, but you know, like just like your money compounds, yeah. you know, your your gains compound um and so yeah i'm just simply looking to be one percent better every day right um and for me that 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 turns itself up in, in in a myriad of ways i'm always i'm always looking i'm always listening i'm always feeling to try and see what that is and then do it um uh i've never i advertised my book once on your thing i'm gonna advertise something here do it. fucking ads let's Yay. go um, i'm starting a podcast boom is it called the hunt cult uh, it is not. Um, it's called Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. Boom. Um, and it's um, it's a podcast all about that internal work. Um, it's a little different. It's not all interviews. 
Um, one is me going in depth on a particular topic for you know 15 to 25 minutes um, with my wife prodding me every once in a while. Awesome. Um, the second episode is um, about relationships. I, I was speaking at a, at a law firm um, last year and um, the EAP program, which is the Employee, employee Assistance Program, basically free counseling for anyone that works there. She said to me, what, what, did you, what do you think is the main reason people are going to this? I was like, stress. She's like, no. Like depression, no. Anxiety, no. She said relationships, wow. external relationships. 64% of people in that firm were going there for relationships and I've found that to happen throughout the companies I've talked to relationships are something that we just don't talk about um, we never taught them um, if, if you're out there anything is how to get someone like, like mm, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's very little out there how to yeah. keep someone an algorithm to um, find similarities but that's about it eh? yeah yeah and so uh, my wife and I will go in depth on uh, aspects of our relationship um, in that episode I've also got some interviews with couples um, about their relationships wow. and then my third episode is uh, an interview with uh, an expert in uh, going inside and mental health in some way shape or form cool. or an expert with what I term a normal person um who has navigated through and has has learnings from that will sally be on it sally is the first bucket episode. <laughs> um, sally's the one that sets up everything in terms of, of, of doing the internal work so yeah yeah um, i still remember catching up with her and we had a phone chat before and she's like what do you want to talk about yeah and it's the uh, it's a question i always find tough i'm like well i'd like to ask you a couple questions about life and people are like far out what does that mean but I think, yeah, she trusted me and came in. Well, she's, she's uh, I guess, similar to me in, in a way in terms of she is – she doesn't know what she's doing. Mm. Like she, she's not she – isn't, she hasn't got this big 10-year plan or a five-year plan or a one-year plan or a one-month plan. It's like this is what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, she's very hard to define what she does because of that. Mm. Um, all I know is that I've sent – literally hundreds of people to her over yeah. the years um, and pretty much in every single one of us uh, she's created massive internal change well what I remember from our chat is she talked about trauma pushing you so far that it almost gives you that and I might be paraphrasing and how I understood it almost like a psychedelic experience it pushed her so far that when she came back from it she had a newfound Outlook. Yeah. Well, I mean, so all of the people that I've met in my life who I think are fucking rad and doing amazing things, all of them have suffered some sort of serious trauma. Mm. Um, but all of them have made a decision to do the work to heal that trauma. Yeah. And um, there's a quote I read somewhere, it was something like, you know, the the – the deeper your trauma, the deeper your love. Um, you know, you have to learn that love yeah. um, if you end up in those places. I'm weird, Jimmy, because I don't. I do, it's one of my issues is I don't have that trauma as a, a person growing up. Neither do I. And so I have the opposite, where I'm trying to see if it's possible to <laughs> take those lessons from traumatic experiences. Hmm. And because part of what I've said to you before is I don't have, I have no inbuilt fire. Mm. I'm 
if it's if apocalypse comes, I'm probably gonna lie down on my back and mm. just say. <laughs> That's actually what I, I was saying the other day about me too. Right. Like I, I don't. I I never had any trauma growing up. Mm. Um and like. I mean, first of all, we don't know what happens when that apocalypse comes and then fight or flight kicks in. True. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have to fight for for all that <laughs> shit. Like I'm just like, nah, I'm out. I'm game over. <laughs> yeah. um, I believe in energy, and then I'm off somewhere else anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's like fucking whatever. Um, Maybe your trip will kick in from the mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. It's. Um, I like I love chatting to you because it all makes so much sense. But I always am left with this idea that, like, what we don't need to do is create the one stop shop to create the five steps. You know, I just think it's that there's something about just spending a moment with someone. You know, that's our relationship. Yeah. It's all been recorded. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and we've I never have, actually met. No, not being I, recorded. It's going to be weird when we're old dudes because yeah, yeah. it might still be the same. But then I thought, well, maybe that's just a different. That's evolution happening. Hmm. You know, we're just going to have one of those weird relationships where. <laughs> You know, I will have more recorded documentation with you than my wife. <laughs> and that's kind of weird and cool. I'm yeah, just going to put a pin in it for a sec. Dan, how are we going in terms of time? Because I know we've got to wrap up soon. Okay. So um, wrap this shit up. What's, what, what's blowing your mind lately? I've asked you, though, what's blowing your mind before. Um, if, if there's something to kind of part with the audience, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, I mean, you've talked about plenty of things that have got us pondering, but is there anything like if you dig deep where it's just like, you know, that is really blowing my mind? Uh, answer off the top of my head is no. Uh, <laughs> I love that. It fits. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, I guess fucking everything yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. Like, just, we never sit down quietly to contemplate it. Mm. And when you do, like, it's kind of like a mushroom trip. Mm. And that's why people have to go do that escapism shit. Be it's right there ready for you. You've actually just got to engage with the nothingness. Like... As fucking strange as this sounds, like, you know, you know everything. You know everything in the entire world. You know the answer to every question you've ever wanted to know. You just have to sit down, shut the fuck up for long enough to hear it. Mm. That blows my fucking mind. I love that there's a high chance that you won't even remember this next time we I catch up. That blows my mind. I'm going to, I don't know where to go with that. I feel like I'll give a synopsis next time. I always feel bad because I, I, I wonder if I'm repeating myself. Nah, but, like, so I, but I don't know. The whole point, I think, is for you to repeat yourself because aren't we simulating some type of relationship saying the, we're here again? We're doing it. Well, I think, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, the sales process, you know, which says, you know, someone has to see something 16 times before they'll make a purchase. And so maybe if, like, I say exactly the same shit. Well, this, so this is the truth. I, um, everything is about timing, like fucking cosmic timing. And a lot of times people aren't ready. And you can't force them to be ready. Here's, a, here's an example the other day, which, uh, so... Yoga, right? 
yoga is definitely worth some points on the mental health continuum. Fuck yoga, I'm not doing it. Like, I just don't want it, right? <laughs> um, and you know, part of that is that um, you know, even when I was young and playing sports and everything, I'm not flexible. Like, I can't even get close to touching my fucking toes. Like, I'm just, I, I am not flexible in any way, shape, or form. And I've been telling myself that over and over and over and over and over again for my entire life. Uh, our friend in Puerto is a yoga instructor and my wife goes to yoga all the time and the pair of them ganged up on me and were like, come to yoga. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, sure, <laughs> come to your yoga. <laughs> and so I went to this yoga class, like my first ever yoga class and like I can't do fucking fuck all compared to you know, everyone else. I'm the worst in the class by 100 miles. But part of the internal work that I've done, don't give a shit that I'm the worst in the class. Like I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm doing the best I can. I don't even remember what, what pose I was in or what was going on, but I had an epiphany. And this is, this is exactly the sort of internal work. Again, you're, you're moving your body in rhythmic shapes. You are quiet. You are introspective. And I had an epiphany. The shit that I, I'm looking for every day. And I went, oh, my entire life I've been saying I'm inflexible. And the universe does not, cannot uh, distinguish between I'm inflexible in body and I am inflexible in mind and soul. Mm. And that self-talk I had been reinforcing. I'd been you know, sending those neurons down those neural pathways and strengthening those particular pathways my entire life. And I went, that's why I find it hard to change a lot. That's why I'm black and white on a lot of issues. I'm inflexible. Right. And so, you know, the, the first thing in order to change that, because this is the, heart, the first thing, like awareness, you've got you, you to you gotta be aware of something before you can change it. And so finally I was now aware of this thing. I was like, right, now I need to change it. And so a big part of me changing that is now doing yoga um, every week. Um, not that I like it. I fucking hate it. And I'm, <laughs> uh, and it, I'm not very good at it, blah, blah, blah. But... It is that is my path to becoming flexible. Right. So I am now a flexible person. My body hasn't quite caught up to that identity yet, but I am a flexible person. I am a flexible person in my body and in my views and in my heart. Unfuck with a bull flexible. Mm. Jimmy Hunt. Yes, sir. Thank you for blowing my mind. You are more than welcome. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> yeah.